The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should consider obtaining independent advice before making any financial decisions. There's a tremendous amount of investment in apps for mobile phones, for smart TVs, for all different array of devices. And certainly we've seen a lot of companies profit from the development and the commercial exploitation of these really these new technologies. Things that many listeners would be aware of is that a lot of these apps come with advertising. And today what I want to do is really start to understand who makes money from these advertising. Um, it's not always obvious to us how things work behind the scenes. Um, but with me today is Ted Danik, the chairman and CEO of ASX listed Engage BDR. Engage BDR, their ticker code is EN1. And speaking with me from the US, uh, Ted Danik, CEO. Hello, how are you there? Hey, Nigel, how are you? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. Listen, we're taking some time out of your day in the middle of this corona virus to really start to understand something around digital advertising and the way that uh, that this works. Um, I'd love to bend your ear a little bit and understand what happens with programmatic advertising, who are the winners, who are the losers, how does this whole sector work, and in particular, look at it through Engage BDR. But before I do that, I just want listeners to understand why... Ted Danik should be the guy that explains this to us. So, Ted, you've had a long, long history in, uh, really, in, in, in the internet, starting with, what was it, MySpace? Yeah, I'm really old, actually. <laughs> so uh, I started actually in the mid-90s in the Silicon Valley when, you know, the first dot-com boom happened. So, yeah, I've been around for quite a bit. But nice, MySpace was uh, one of the, you know, one of the bigger ones for us and a company prior to that called Lower My Bills, which we sold to Experian. Yeah, so so Ted, you're 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 very experienced in this in this space and somewhat playing it down a little bit. Um, t- tell me the 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 marketing aspect of MySpace. Um, certainly, you were front and center with that, along with the um, as I understand it, the the president or founder, and that was Tom Anderson. Yeah, Tom, he's a great guy. Yeah, so Tom is a non-executive director with Engage BDR. Um, and like Tom's a pretty interesting character. Do you mind just uh, shedding a little bit of light on, on, on Tom Anderson and, and what his involvement was with MySpace and then subsequently with other technology companies? Sure, yeah, Tom is the arguably the founder of social media, right? So he, uh, he did create, you know, the initial idea for MySpace and and developed the, you know, through their whole product in the first and first iteration all the way through uh, from day one, where it was his, actually, it was entirely his idea. So yeah, he's been around, um, you know, from that, from that scene, he's been, you know, arguably the founder of social media and uh, recognized that way, you know, throughout the world. And uh, his involvement with Engage BDR is he's uh, he's a non-executive director, but heavily involved in our iconic reach business, which is 
the influencer product that uh, we launched a few years ago. It's been probably about three years now. And that came actually from a need that he had. Uh, he is the largest photo influencer, landscape photography influencer on Instagram. His network is comprised of about 50 plus million Instagram followers. He owns some of the biggest photo pages, pages that everyone has probably seen um, on on Instagram. So that's uh, um, some pretty good experience that we've uh, been fortunate enough to leverage from there. Tom and I have been really good friends for a very long time. So, um, you know, I think that uh, in the real world, we're, we're pretty, uh, you know, we talk to each other every day for for 15 plus years, maybe eight, 17 years now, yeah. uh, my best friend. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, we work very, very well together in the same work ethic. Yeah. So Ted, in terms of the, the history of advertising on the internet, we've certainly seen that there's been this major focus around advertising via the web browser per se, particularly on the desktop computers as technologies evolved, this has started to shift into, into other devices. So, Ted, where where are where's the smart money going in terms of advertising today? Is it is it onto web based advertising or is it onto other devices? Sure. Yeah, I believe that you know from our perspective, we we were on the web for a long time, and we saw the dollars shrink, and we saw the, the you know the the migration of the budgets happen pretty quickly to the into the app space. You know, it's not just mobile app, but it's also Connected TV. Connected TV is a very, very large space today. The CPMs are much higher there. So, you know, from our perspective, there's a lot more demand in, in that area in the app space specifically. Mm-hmm. And so advertising on on apps such as, let's say, casual games and advertising via streaming services into smart TVs, um, What's that market looking like today in the United States? Sure. From a digital media perspective, as far as budgets are concerned, there's nothing bigger than app spending uh, currently. And app spending is comprised of mobile apps as well as connected television. And connected television includes smart TV. Engage BDR's principal market is, uh, is apps and connected TVs. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. So can you explain to us a little bit about how Engage BDR works? Because one of the things that I'm very interested in is, is this basically this riskless business model that you have for acquiring inventory. Um, can you help us explain that? Sure. So we present about 1.5 billion ad opportunities per second to our buyers. And it's about 100 billion a day. When these buyers return a bid to us, when they bid for the inventory that we present them, we, we submit a bid to our publisher plus our margin. So we have a riskless model. So we don't bid on anything or buy anything unless we have a bid for it from our buyers. So it's, it's a pretty great model. So it's kind of like we're buying it only if we have it sold already, which uh, is very unique. So there's no buying and then selling. It's actually selling and then buying. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And so you maintain relationships with some of the so we call them publishers. Is that who owns the real estate? Yeah. So we have hundreds of thousands of publishers in our in our ad exchange at any time. And so publishers are our direct relationships and our direct clients. And on the other side, we, we work uh, with the trading desks and demand side or buying platforms, media buying platforms that agencies and brands use. So we sell to the platforms and not directly to the brands or the agencies. 
And this is, uh, this is a really massive market. How many integrations do you have with Trading Desk? So we have, from a programmatic integration perspective, we have about 250, and each integration represents thousands of brands. All right. So I'm an advertiser looking to place an ad. I've got a decision where I could place it. I could place it on TV, on a billboard, a newspaper, or on the web, or I could start to explore these markets that are a lot more targeted, um, such as uh, an app, in a casual game app, for, for example. So I go out there and I talk to my ad buyer who uses a trading desk. What happens then? Sure, your ad buyer with the trading desk, it, depending on the trading desk, if it's plugged into us already, if our supply is already connected to that trading desk, then they'd be able to see our supply and basically bid on it, essentially, or we could do what we call a private marketplace deal where we can have more of like a insertion-based campaign IO, insertion order, or a contract with them. And they could bid on our inventory there. So our inventory is is kind of available on all the largest trading desks and demand side platforms in the U.S. So it's easily accessible. Uh, or you can request us, and we can we can create a connection, server to server integration with your buy side platform if we're not already engaged. All right. So fundamentally, what that means is that all of this happens in in what milliseconds, does it? Yeah, each transaction is 200 milliseconds. And so we present a bid to a bid request to a buyer and they present a bid back to us and all decisioning, everything happens within 200 milliseconds. So that's for each impression. Right. And you're, and you're making a margin um, on each of those transactions, right? That's your business model. Absolutely. So our margins was 54% last year. So um, it's a pretty healthy business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the advertisers have switched to um, looking at advertising via apps and um, smart TVs and the like. And this is really as a result of some changes in technology over time. This geo point, is that, could you help us understand what this is and, and what the advantage is for advertisers? Sure. So from a targeting perspective, advertisers want to be able to target the same user for various, you know, various purposes. Uh, if you're on an e-commerce site, you didn't check out, but we want to follow you around. We want to follow you home. We want to show you an ad on your smart TV that, hey, you have a cart full of stuff you haven't checked out yet um, on the site. Uh, we want to follow you around on your, on your um, phone, whether on your apps or they could do that on the web as well, too. So, you know, from that standpoint, it, it's really important. Geofencing as well. If you get close to a store that's a competitor of a brand, they'll conquest you. Uh, basically, based on the lat latitude longitude coordinates of your of your phone, and that that's what we call geofencing. That's pretty basic stuff, and so that you know from that perspective, it's a lot more valuable to them to be able to do a lot of really unique things. Um, so, as I mentioned, we've done some really unique things with McDonald's and Toyota, it's very specifically in the geo geofencing and conquesting space. Ted, you're one of the most uh, bullish CEOs I've spoken to in recent times, and with this coronavirus, you seem that you're you seem to be positioning your business as being largely unaffected. You've got this tremendous revenue growth that I want to unpack very shortly. But what are what are some of the things that you're seeing right now uh, in terms of uh, advertising behaviour as a result of coronavirus? Sure. Um, 
I think that one of the one of the advantages for us, a key advantage is that we don't sell directly to brands and agencies. So we're not feeling impact from specific sectors that are impacted, uh, you know, a lot right now. For example, travel and events have been hit pretty hard and those advertisers are pausing their budgets uh, currently. We haven't felt that pain because we sell to the trading desks and the buy side platforms, which represent thousands of brands in lots of categories. So the categories that are basically doing really well right now or spending a lot more than they were before or e-commerce and, um, and, and advertisers that are selling things online. And those advertisers, people are stay, staying home and ordering things left and right. Those advertisers have the ability to monetize the ad inventory right now. So they're increasing their budgets and that compensates for the loss from certain, certain sectors. So we're actually seeing a net increase. So we've seen about 20% increase in, um, in spend over the last few days. We're expecting, you know, I think we're about like 30, 40% higher than we were last month, roughly, uh, as far as revenue. We're expecting to come very close to our biggest month in December, or sorry, biggest month in 2019, which was December. Uh, I think we're going to come very close to hitting that number this uh, this month, the end of this month. So revenue is growing, margins are growing, and um, we're fortunate to be, you know, one of the few or in a, in, in a business that's... Uh, that's not so affected by this, actually not affected at all at the, at the present time. Let's cross our fingers there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and certainly, you know, the, the business is reliant mostly on technology and, and integrations with other platforms. So um, you don't necessarily have the staff and, um, and the other considerations of um, sort of human to human contact, I guess, in your business. Yeah, it's all AI driven. So, and it's all automate, automated and our DNA is essentially from the day we started the company was um, work from home. So yeah. it's, uh, we're very fortunate. Yeah. So I, just back to your uh, your revenues at the moment, you've got your market cap today and albeit the market is um, very abnormal, um, but your market cap today is around about 12 million. Um, you've got this very strong revenue growth. So this is all coming from the engaged BDR aspect of the business, or you also made an acquisition recently. Can you just talk about perhaps the um, contribution of that acquisition to revenue? And then we'll start to unpack revenue a little bit. Sure. I think that our run rate for this year, uh, ad sales probably going to achieve about, I would say two to 3 million, uh, actually much more than that. So maybe three to 4 million in revenue this year. Uh, ad sale, we acquired it in 2018. It's very, very profitable, and um, Pat as well, <laughs> and not just operating or EBITDA profit, but it's very profitable um, business unit. It's got, it's got a very, very low cost infrastructure, and it essentially what it does is it's a monetization technology for app publishers. So app publishers package its technology within their app, within their SDK, which is a software delivery kit, and. Um, Essentially, it sits on a half a billion devices sitting there conducting an auction um, for, you know, monetizing the, the traffic or ad inventory from, uh, you know, lots of apps, 6,000 apps or so. So it's, uh, it's a great, it was a great acquisition for us. It's a strong contributor and revenue is growing pretty fast. So that's our second business. Uh, the core business, again, as I mentioned, was Engage BDR, which is our ad exchange. So that's, uh, that's kind of... The, the two main contributors. Mm -hmm. And certainly um, the revenue growth that we've seen, what is it uh, sort of year on year? 
So we did about 150% uh, as far as growth, um, 150% last year of the previous year. So 50% growth. And um, I think um, as year to date, we're over 300% year to date of this time last year. So it's like three X of where we were. Yeah, last year was a great year. I think we're going to have a much, much stronger year this year. Um, we're already, you know, the, the way that this business works in advertising typically is the fourth quarter calendar, fourth quarter is the biggest um, revenue quarter of the year for all advertising companies. It's just because of the the way the, the holiday spending is. It's, it's it's probably broken down, I would say like 65, 70% um, H2 versus uh, H1. That's how big uh, the second half of the year usually is. And December is the biggest month of the year. It, it just always is. Well, we're about to see our December um, type of revenue in March, which is the slowest quarter of the year. So the Q1 is always like the lowest revenue of the year. And uh, we're about to about to see um, some really, really strong numbers already in the year, which is a really strong indication of what this year is going to going to going to yield for us. Well, Ted, Danik, thank you very much for coming onto the program and talking to us about uh, this sector of the market. It seems to be largely unaffected, as you're saying, and, and certainly from where you're sitting and activity in the United States in particular which is your key market, um, seems to be really driving um, a very strong message. We wish you all the very best with it, Ted, and uh, we look forward to checking in on you again. I appreciate your time, Nigel. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, we'll stay in touch.